In this episode of In the Reading Corner, we're talking about books published in Wales or with a Welsh connection, including the long-running Tin and Og Award. To throw some light on Welsh and Welsh-influenced children's literature, I'm joined by two experts. Simon Fisher is a primary teacher in Wrexham and founder of the highly informed and informative Family Bookworms, a blog devoted to reading and sharing children's books with a Welsh connection. I'm also joined by Joe Bowers, Associate Dean and Principal Lecturer in Primary Education at the University of Cardiff. Throughout her teaching career, Jo has had a long-standing interest in children's literature, and she's keen to extend knowledge of Welsh children's literature beyond the Welsh border. She's the Chair of the Judges of the English Language Award for the Tir Nanog, which also has an award for Welsh language literature. I was interested to find out why Wales, which had been such an important influence on children's literature in the 1970s and 80s, with writers like Alan Garner, Susan Cooper, Jenny Nimmo and Catherine Fisher being so prominent, had been less centre stage from the 1990s onward. And whether there is a current renaissance in Welsh literature and publishing. I asked Joe and Simon if the current scene was a cause for optimism. I think there's a lot happening and there are other publishers. I mean, obviously, Graphic and Firefly, but we have Alolva as well and Riley. And of course, Firefly with the um, small press of the year um, for the Wales region. So they're, they're really seen as one of the big hitters in, in, in mm. terms of competing with all other publishers across Wales who are publishing not just children's books, but um, it's definitely um, a real real highlight on the, on the children's publishers mm. in Wales right now and publishing in English and in, in Welsh, of course, as well. I think, I think it's important to note the, um, the contribution of organisations like Lit Wales, Literature Wales and um, the Books Council for Wales, particularly, I think, the Lit Wales initiative to have Wales's own children's laureate, I think has been quite instrumental in providing that beacon for the Welsh publishing industry and for Welsh authors uh, in particular, I think, as well. So Eloise Williams is our children's laureate and has been for the last 18 months or so, and she's really driving things for authors in Wales. We're a small country and it's a very supportive environment and everybody is aiming for the same success you know we want those books to be not just in getting into children's hands in Wales not just getting into the schools in Wales but we want those books to see um, a wider audience outside of Wales as well and some publishers also have a, a real focus on bringing in Welsh medium books books in translation that have been published in English and therefore translated then into Welsh to go into Welsh medium schools books that are set in Wales books that are written by authors and illustrators writing in Wales, but not necessarily so. Can I just ask you a question about translation? So translation from English into Welsh, are we seeing much coming the other way? I don't think so. I mean, in terms of translation from English into Welsh, we're seeing quite an increase in sort of the, the, the big... MG books, things like um, I think Freddie Yates was recently translated into Welsh. Yes. Um, Sweet Pizza has been translated into Welsh. The Boy at the Back of the Class has been translated into Welsh, which seems to be a, a progression on from what used to be just translating the David Williams books and the Roald Dahl books. There seems to be a recognition that there's a desire for for more. Um, although <laughs> I think The Quilt was written in Welsh first. 
So one of the books that we'll talk about later on, maybe the um, which is shortlisted for the Tina Nog Award this year, was initially written in Welsh. Right. Riley, of course, I think do can they do consider um, publication in both languages. Yeah. So Riley are responsible for a really good non-fiction book that came out last year or the year before, Wales on the Map, yeah. which which dealt with the culture, the, the heritage, the history, as well as the landscapes of Wales, looking at maps of different counties around Wales. Um, and I think it was published duly, both in, in one version in Welsh, one version in English. And again, more recently, they've published something called 10 Stories from Welsh History That Everyone Should Know. That came out in both English and Welsh. That's one that I am definitely going to look out for. And I thought the Maps book was absolutely excellent. Um, that is a classic example of one that has actually reached out much further afield. Um, and actually, I would say that that's where the Tinanorg Award has come in to its strength in the last few years, in that those books have actually travelled on the basis that they've been award-winning books. So we have mentioned a few times already, we've dropped the title of the award, the TNNOG Award, which has been going, as you've told me, Joe, since 1976. And yes. some of those writers that I mentioned, the Alan Garner, Susan Cooper, Jenny Nimmer, I think have all been previous winners of that award. Joe, you're very heavily involved this year. Can you uh, tell us something about the award, why it was set up and the different prizes that are awarded? It's actually the oldest and I suppose most popular award for children's literature in Wales. And you're right, Nikki, it was um, in 1976. Now, that's not the only criteria. There is obviously the criteria that would sit around all book awards, around quality of of text, of, of pictures, of design. All those things are taken into account. But what makes it unique is it's aimed to recognise books that have a real rich context of Welsh culture and setting based in Wales. Um, and for us as teachers in Wales, that's just a, a fantastic thing to have because um, when we talk about diversity and inclusivity, it's important to remember that actually that should include children living in Wales and people who live in Wales seeing themselves in the different contexts because we're actually quite a diverse country in, mm. in, in many different ways. I live in Cardiff, which is a you know capital city, but actually there's a there's large like rural communities in Wales that have a very different kind of context. You know, when we're talking about an authentic Welsh context, that means something very different depending on wherever you are in Wales and whoever yes. you are in Wales. So there's there is a really rich um, array of opportunities there um, to explore. Yeah. I think it's important to note the Tina Norg Award has got um, is available in Welsh and English. There are actually three awards. Mm-hmm. Um, two yes. of them are awarded in the Welsh language, and one is awarded in the English language. The English language very much focuses on the um, authentic Welsh setting and context, mm-hmm. um, whereas the Welsh award is split in two: one for primary age and one for secondary. In fact, when we're talking today, we're talking about the English medium award because um, I'm not involved with Welsh medium as as, an, as I'm not a fluent Welsh speaker. Mm. And uh, Simon is actually going to be involved in the award itself next year. So you're going to be outgoing and he's going to be incoming, I believe. That's right. So I want to ask Simon about previous winners um, of the award and those that stick out in, in your mind. You know, the books that you would champion You've mentioned the inaugural winner, which was The Grey King from Susan Cooper. 
which was just an astounding start to the to the award. Um, I think it's worth mentioning uh, the Snow Spider by Jenny Nimmo. A lot of my favourites have come more recently, really. Sweet Pizza by G.R. Gemin, mm. um, exploring the um, the Italian communities of, of the South Wales Valleys. I'm a big fan of Eloise Williams, our children's laureates books, um, particularly Gaslight, set in Victorian Cardiff. Last year's winner, Stormhound, my year four class devoured that book and, and they thought it was absolutely wonderful because it had all aspects of Norse mythology mixed with Welsh mythology. And then it's sort of quite classic books like the Arthur um, trilogy from um, Kevin Crossley, Holland. These are all nominees or, or winners of the Tiernanorg Award because mm. of their context. And I think it's it's important to note that all of these books really help any reader to to develop their own identity. Mm. I, I think identity is a really important part of of, of this mm. award. And also, can I just mention a couple of ones that you didn't mention, Simon? Um, another strong author who's based in Wales is Jackie Morris, and mm. the Seal Children was a mm. was a strong winner for me. And also the the books by Catherine Fisher, Clockwork Crow, a few years ago, and that was the first in a trilogy. And how a lot of these books, including that one also bring in Welsh folklore that perhaps people don't know about. Um, and I mentioned The Clockwork Crow because Catherine Fisher does, does that in her books as well. Mm. And Max Kowalski as well. Max Kowalski, Susie Day, a really great story, really yeah. thrilling. And when you talk about these authors, that was based in Snowdonia, Nikki. Mm. And I loved it because actually I'm from North Wales and I just had that sense of Snowdonia when I was reading that book. But if you've never been to Wales and you read that book, I probably guarantee you would plan a holiday in Snowdonia mm. following that book. You know, that kind of thing. Also, we've mentioned a lot of these books are for primary children. And one I don't think we've just mentioned there that was a winner uh, that I loved. And that was Hayley Long, The Nearest Faraway Place. It's a beautiful book and it's for teen uh, readers, young adults. And so it's good to see that we have that range. And that might be worth just noting about the TNN org is that it's actually all of children's literature. So mm -hmm. we can be shortlisting books that are aimed for early years alongside books that are for young adults as well. Let's turn to this year's list. And, and you have a shortlist now, three books on the current shortlist. Let's start with the short knife. We're not going to talk about preferences here because that wouldn't be fair with Joe being on the judging panel this year. But I think it would be good to talk about the qualities of this book mm. and why it made it to the shortlist. I will just firstly say before I go into The Short Knife that actually these three shortlisted books, so it's The Short Knife by Ellen Caldicott, The Quilt by Valerianne Leblond and Where the Wilderness Lives by Jess Butterworth, they were all outstanding in their setting and location and how the, the sense of location in their books, but in such different ways. And the context of Welsh history in, in all of them and, and legend and folklore. So the short knife, I mean, things that stand out for me is the strong female voice. In a time in Welsh history where we didn't have female voices, so she's given, it's unique in that sense. And it's kind of a book that has that, although it's clever in that it's actually not necessarily set in Wales, 
but it's contextualizing Welsh history as it's starting to emerge. And that's what I found really exciting. And the female voice. It has to be said that it's that language that she writes throughout. And having listened to the work that she put in to do that, which I didn't know until I listened to your podcast, Nikki, I can see that it's there's a lot of research done to create that lyrical language. So those are some of the real strengths for me. I would say that in spite of us knowing that there's all that texture and depth to it, you don't need to know everything in order to appreciate that story. It so does. It's it's gripping from start to end. So just t- let's just take the story. Mm, but Simon, uh, your discussion with Ellen, so fascinating. And over a long period of time, you, you've been talking to her um, about that book. So tell us a little bit about what you really appreciate in, in The Short Knife. Well, The Short Knife, of course, is set in a time of history which we don't really know very much about. So I think that's that's an initial thing to, to note. This is set after the Romans have left Britain. Um, the Anglo-Saxons are um, coming in and it's, it's contextualising that period in, in history. And I think it's absolutely fascinating that the, the attention to detail um, that she puts into to, to the, to the book is just just incredible. Um, she was in a previous life uh, a trained archaeologist and you don't need to know these details to enjoy the book but I think it just shows how much heart and soul Ellen has put into this book and that's evident um, when when you read it and it is a, a really thrilling book too you know the the action that takes place the, these these two sisters treading their own path to find their own identity in this mm. time where um it's it's hard to know what what an identity actually is um it's yeah it's absolutely outstanding one of the books that I I was surprised to see on the shortlist because it just hadn't entered my consciousness, the connection with Wales, really, was the Jess Butterworth, because I think that book's published by a, an English publisher, as indeed is uh, The Short Knife. Well, this story by Jess Butterworth, um, who, um, if you've read Jess Butterworth, you know that um, her stories are full of adventure and um, exploration. Um, this this is a, a race for survival, if you like, where the wilderness lives that draws the adventurers, this group of children, into Wales. And they, they move across across Wales, almost across the um, M4 corridor, because they're, they're needing to get to Cara's father. And there is, a, there is an adventure involved for survival um, through, through the forests there. My understanding is that um, Jess actually has connections with that part of, of West Wales, which is how again we have a very well researched book both in terms of location and and the heritage of that area what is really striking about this book is that it introduces again it's that brings some aspect of wales that we wouldn't know about i didn't know that there is a kind of rainforest or or, or i said not a rainforest but a, a, a forest that is like a rainforest. It's got its own kind of microclimate. Micro, yes, mm. where actually some really unique lichen live, you know, can grow. And it's a kind of Welsh Celtic rainforest, basically, in Pembrokeshire that Jess writes about. And I then ended up having read the book, looking it up. And there are there are a few kind of places like this in Wales, and they're unique. 
And I just thought that that was fascinating, especially if you were a child reading that or if you were a teacher doing that as a read aloud, because it's a really good book to read aloud, this book mm-hmm. as well. Absolutely fantastic. I think that it, it, it holds that information because it's got that environmental message as well. And that's the sort of like survival techniques. It's got that aspect of, of excitement in it as well. But alongside that, there's a story which reads like um, a folk tale, a legend that runs parallel to the story. And without going into too much detail, the story is just unfolds at the beginning of each chapter all the way through the story. And this story reads like a Welsh folk tale and is actually captures a lot of Welsh folk tales that Jess um, heard when she was a child. So that she's incorporated that into the story. But even more cleverly, I think, is that that story, that Welsh folktale, and I'm not going to say any more because I don't want to spoil it for anybody, it's woven into the main story so cleverly at the end. It's, it's, and it's surprising. And I love a story that surprises me when I get to the end as well. So there's, there's those elements of Welsh setting and Welsh folklore within there, all of which makes you want to go and find out after you've read the story as well. Mm. I love a book that sends me on a hunt, on a treasure yeah, hunt. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we come to the last book on the shortlist, which is a picture book, Joe, The Quilt, yes. which you mm. kindly sent me as a gift amazing so have you can tell us a little bit about that you'll remember that we didn't have many picture books and that's not to say when we have a picture book we look and we say oh we've got a picture book it has to be a picture book that actually fits that criteria and this book is beautiful and it does so it's a it's basically um, a picture book which it's about Welsh history it's about migration it's about family life in rural Wales at the turn of the century and their journey to America. So this, when things didn't work out for them in Wales and they, they moved to America for a better life. So it's got that sh- real strong sense of setting and Welsh history because they take with them the quilt. So they leave a lot of their possessions behind. But the quilt is a really important part of Welsh craft and history. And it's, it's made out of pieces of the family fabrics. So it's got the family history sewn into the quilts. Um, what this book is, for me, outstanding about is uh, uh, many things, but one of them is the way the pictures and the text interact and play with each other. So it's difficult to sh- explain on the podcast, but I'm sure it'll be inspiring people to go out and buy this book and read it, is that that quilt, which is a sort of black and red and grey colours, is reflected throughout all the illustrations of the book. So on every page, you can see maybe just the quilts, just to remind you about that home they've left. But it also echoes in the colour of the ship, in the shape of the birds and the colour of the birds, so that you can see everywhere that quilt is part of the story. Written and illustrated by? Um, Valerian Leblonde. Simon, were you uh, enamoured with this book too? It is absolutely beautiful. I think Valerie-Anne LeBlond has been shortlisted a few times as an illustrator. This is her first book as an, as an author and illustrator. She is well known as an artist before she, she was an illustrator. And I think her, her own artworks, if you look her up, her own artworks explore the identity. And I think this book is, is incredible for doing that. You know, what, what does it mean to be 
from Wales? Can you still be from Wales if you're living somewhere else? What is home? All these questions that are, that are there to be explored in, in such a beautiful book. The illustrations capture perfectly the landscape of both the home they left and the emotions they feel in the muted colours yeah. of, of leaving. When they move from, this is turn of the century, um, 19th to 20th century Wales, yeah. going to the New World in America, I think when they go to the New World in America, you see the palette change in the book. So the colours of Wales are completely different to the yeah. colours of the New World. And yet we still have those colours in the quilt. We still have the home yeah. with us. Wonderful. Yeah. Leads me on to one uh, question, though. that The book, it, it starts in Wales, but then it becomes about Welsh diaspora. And I wondered if that is something that the award takes into account. Could a book be written somewhere else, but be about people from Wales? Because we know that there are very strong Welsh traditions in America and other parts of the world. So would the award consider things like that? I think so. I mean, I think the criteria is to capture a sense of Welsh identity, culture and location. So I think it's if it's something that reflects that, it, it will be considered. So in, for instance, in Max Kowalski didn't mean it. What you find there is that they move into Snowdonia, where the wilderness lives. It's not all set in Wales. They, they move into that part. So again, it's about the heart of the book and what it's giving you in terms of the context of Wales. And of course, the short knife is not set in Wales at all. And yet yes. somehow Ellen seems to have managed to bring this very Welsh identity to the book through the use of language, through the use of just the, just the, the, the mannerism of the, of the characters Mai and, and Harve, which are, again, Welsh names. I think this is why the, the award says um, an authentic Welsh context mm. rather than an authentic Welsh landscape. Interesting. So, Joe, it would be good to know when and where the announcement is going to be made of the winner. The winner will be announced on Friday the 21st of May on the Radio Wales Art Show, which I think is about 6.30pm, um, and it will be announced live on there. I look forward to hearing, but I have to say it's a tough decision, as you've made really clear uh, in talking to us about those three books don't envy the judges at all. Mm. Simon, Fisher, Joe Bowers, thank you so much for joining me today to discuss Welsh children's literature. Thank you very much for having us. In the Reading Corner is presented by Nikki Gamble and produced by Alison Hughes. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please do leave a review for us. To find out about other projects, including an audience with events and the Exploring Children's Literature Summer School, visit www.exploringchildrensliterature.uk. Join us again soon in the Reading Corner on your favourite podcast platform.